everybody to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your somewhat regular podcast where I chat with fantastic people uh, that I know in the world of entertainment and gaming about the nerdy things they love, the fun things they enjoy doing, and just whatever's going on in their lives. Before we get to this week's fantastic person, I want to give a very quick shout out to the fantastic people at Hero Forge Minis. Oh my goodness. I am uh, just such a big fan of Hero Forge, not just uh, for the fantastic minis that they make, and the minis are fantastic, but uh, they just support great creators, and I'm not saying that because they support the show. They support uh, so many awesome people that I love and respect in this community, and so shout out of appreciation to them. But if you want to make awesome minis, go to HeroForgeMinis.com, check out the fantastic options they have on there, color printing minis. Uh, My wife and I have some minis coming in literally in the mail, just got the shipping notification. So uh, we're not just supported by them, we support them. hack with our money uh, because it's worth it to go and make a completely custom miniature you can uh, paint, get it unpainted and paint it yourself you can get the stl file and print it at home if you're super nerdy or you can order it uh pre-painted not painted color painted through magic they print it in color i can't explain it uh probably because it's some sort of crazy eldritch power that they use to make it happen but they're pretty fantastic so go check them out hero forge minis follow them on social at hero forge minis thank you to them for supporting this show I am always excited to have a repeat guest on the show because uh, one, that means somebody said yes, not once, but twice to coming and chatting with me about their life. But uh, because it's usually someone that uh, I've built a relationship with almost always because they've been on the show in the first place. And so I've been very lucky to have various people like that who have become friends and acquaintances, um, co-workers even because of the show. But uh, I, I have to say I am more excited about about this guest we're about to chat with than any other returning guest that I've ever had. Uh, two years ago, a little over two years ago, Joe Nuzo came onto the show as as, as a wee professional DM, uh, telling me about his professional DMing efforts while doing what most of us did and, and grinding the full-time job while living the tabletop dream. And, and here we are, man, two years later, you're back on the show. We're both working in the industry. Uh, we've made a show of our own. We've raised thousands of dollars for charity, playing games. Uh, what a crazy two years. How are you doing? It's nuts, man. I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. And I, you were saying, you know, two years ago, I remember I had to go to my Your brother's, brother's house. townhouse because I didn't have a camera. I didn't have a mic. I didn't have like anything. And I was so nervous. And now I'm sitting here with all this like gear in front of me and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, two years, huh? Yeah. Man. Crazy how quick things change, huh? It's so crazy. But it's it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know you, or even for those who do, because as we said, a lot has changed in two years since you were last on the show. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, what do you do in, in the gaming world? Of course, yeah. Uh, my name is Joe Nuzo. Um, originally started off in the the community industry as a professional dungeon master running uh, Pull the Lever. Um, I do a lot of team building exercises uh, with Dungeons and Dragons for companies uh, with their new hires, with their sales teams, their employees, um, as well as like events, birthday parties, charity stuff, um, private groups, that sort of thing. Um, And that has blossomed into a full-time job at WizKids uh, managing the pre-painted miniature lines um, for, for D and D for death saves for Paizo for critical role. And it's been swell. And you've been doing that now for wait, what are you like six, eight months into that? It's six months tomorrow, actually. Happy preemptive half anniversary. Uh, yeah. there was <laughs> uh, I remember when you were getting that job and, and we were talking and 
it was seeming like, oh man, is this going to come true for you? And it was so exciting uh, the day that you were able to make it official. So congratulations to you. I appreciate it and thank you. And I specifically remember in like the month and a half process of interviewing to like actually getting the job offer, I would call my mother and talk to her about it. And then I would call you and talk to you about it. So you were like, you were before a lot of other people in that. Oh, shucks. So if I could just learn to cook better, I might be able to challenge Mama Nuzo for that, for that top spot. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's what allegedly. it takes. Yeah. That's what it takes. Well, that that's super great. And obviously you and I also uh, do stuff together. We, we created and, and work on the, the actual play show, Second Star to the Right, together where you DM and I'm a player and we work with fantastic cast. You know, we've been doing that for, for about eight months now. So we're right. you know, coming up on a year of that too. And uh, lots of other fun things in the works potentially. So yeah, what a difference two years makes. It's it's crazy. And even just like that timeline and that involvement and, and working with you and in the community is one of the reasons why I got the opportunity that I did get with WizKids. So I have a lot to thank for that too. So it, it might be a trite question, but like how how has your life changed in the last year like like for you as far as going from like working you know the normal nine to five you were in um you know like construction management i think like building banks and whatnot um and now your day in day out is is immersed in dnd what's that shift been like so yeah my my background is in architecture it's what i went to school for um i spent a couple years working in the field uh, while also working at a comic book store and i eventually landed as a project manager at a construction company specifically building banks super exciting and my sort of plan was to work there for five years get like a bunch of project management experience because that's a pretty transferable skill and then transfer to something i was more passionate about um and that sort of timeline skipped a couple years because instead of five years at that job, I was two years at that job before I landed at WizKids. Um, and it, it, it comes down to two things. One, Justice Armin is part of that reason. And the other part of the reason is you, actually, and your show. Um, so I'll, I'll never forget, we did, you and I, we did our second charity stream with, with Dragonfall, uh, and Justice was a player. And afterwards, like he had just gotten a job at Beetle and Grimm. And so I emailed mm -hmm. him, you know, asking for some guidance, some advice. Um, and he told me that, you know, a, a good way to break out in the industry because these jobs are, are hard to, you know, come by uh, and acquire is to, to do your own thing, you know, put it out there, you know, put the hard work in, have it be successful, have people see that. And then those sort of opportunities will, will show up to you. Um, and that's what Second Star was a lot for me was this, you know, big push to like put something out there and, and maybe get noticed. And I had originally applied for a, a like I think RPG marketing job at WizKids because about once a month I would wake up and like freak out about hating my job and like what I was doing every day and like why am I not doing D&D &D every day because that's what I love to do and I would just like panic apply to as many gaming companies positions anything that had like RPG or D&D &D or tabletop in any part of the job description I was applying to it. Um, so I applied to WizKids, I got denied like the other 2,500 denials I got. Um, and then a week later, I got an email from the RPG team asking, hey, we saw your resume, we did a little research, do you want to 
come talk to us? And I said, sure. Casually like that. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I was freaking out. Oh, my God. I think, like, yeah, I got that email. I called my mom. I called you. And then I told my girlfriend when she got home. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So, my now boss told me, you know, during my interview process that he saw my resume, looked at it, and then looked me up. He, one, saw Second Star to the Right. He watched an episode of that and saw me and, and and how I worked and what I was doing. And then he listened to that interview we did two years ago on your show. He went to Roll for Persuasion, listened to the episode of you and me talking, and those two things sold him on me uh, and, and my story and everything behind it. So that's really like what it came up to, that, that advice from justice and networking, you know, in the community um, got me out there enough to have this opportunity. And I'm so thankful for it. And that's what I think I've talked about this on the show a lot and like with various guests, but just like, like justice is advice is just so spot on one, like the value of creating your own thing, showing what you can do, putting it out there. And, and two, just kind of like, because that, that sets the ground for those opportunities for someone to go, Hey, this person looks interesting. Let me go check them out. There's actually something out there for them to find. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, some story of yours to connect with. Uh, it's such a, I mean, in general, like networking relationships drive the job market a lot. But like, I think in this industry, especially it's so very much like, do you know someone like, is there a relationship or do you have a story that like resonates with the people that you're working with? Cause so often, and I ran into this working in Dwarven Forge, it's sure. almost less about like your specific skills and more like, oh, you know, I see that this person has a passion for the thing that I have a passion for, or I can tell that they um, are invested in the same things I'm invested in. I bet we could work well on a team. And uh, you know, then here you go. And now you're uh, approving minis for secret projects and, you have all sorts of knowledge that I can't imagine you would have ever thought that you would have had, you know, a couple of years ago. That's been the hardest part about it is is keeping that knowledge to myself because of the five NDAs I've had to sign and not being able to talk about the things you want to talk about because they're really exciting. I'll never forget like the first couple weeks at this job, you know, I'm on these meetings with Wizards of the Coast, with Critical Role Team, with our sculptors. And, you know, we're talking about, I can actually talk about it now because we just like announced it, the adult gold dragon figure that's up for for pre-order now um at the time they were working on the sculpting i was in the meeting and they have uh an option to swap the dragon's head out from just like a normal dragon head to it breathing fire mm-hmm. and um our head sculptor was like are we keeping this option in do we want the head that breathes fire and i'm like oh my god yes like that's the coolest thing ever like we have to have the the head that breathes fire and you know and everyone's like oh what are the costs you know how, how, how's it gonna work at the factory to make it and i'm like this is the coolest thing ever i'm freaking out <laughs> And now it's kind of like it's settled down a little bit from freaking out with all the cool stuff to like, okay, I'm responsible for this now. I have to make those cool fire breathing things. <laughs> yeah. Is there a certain element of like making well the toys essentially making the toys that like you want for yourself as a gamer? Like like not much work I imagine to put yourself in the customer's shoes because you are the customer, right? You were buying the stuff before you even worked there. Oh, hundred percent. I've been collecting minis um, since. God, for, I don't know, like 15 years when Wizards of the Coast was actually still making mm-hmm. the miniatures themselves. So yeah, it's, it's definitely easy for me to, to know what I would want, which is is nice because a lot of other people probably want those things too because sure. I've been a collector. I'm, I'm 
in the game. But there may or not be a, a changeling coming up in a future set that is remarkably similar to one of my players in one of my campaigns who desperately needed a new miniature. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the real secret. So if, if you want a great mini, the trick is not to. Um, well, one, go to Hero Forge. That's but right. If you can't go to Hero Forge for some reason, then become friends with a guy who's in charge of producing the miniatures uh, <laughs> for for D anD D, and then yours might just show up in a pack. Who knows? Inspiration could strike. That's right. What's it been like for you uh, running and DMing a a regular streamed game now for uh, for several months, more than several months? Yeah, we've been in it honestly, um, and I'm sure you know too. The first month or so was was pretty nervous excited you know making sure i had all my ducks in a row and 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 you know making sure that i had my content you know ready to go um frankly the the most difficult part of running a live show is just the time constraint you know making sure we hit you know that two two and a half hour mark that we want with our show um but once i sort of you know got in in the groove of it and started figuring it out it, it became much more like I was running a normal session for one of my groups on our, you know, regularly scheduled day. Um, so much so that I like found myself, I was getting maybe a little too casual with prep and I'm like, Hey, uh, you're kind of missing a few things. So I've been like going back and like watching our shows and making sure I'm getting all of our key points, but it's an awesome experience. And if anything, you know, whether it's it becomes a huge show or not, just the process to go through and and the professionalism you kind of learn of, of working with other people, established people in the community and and working with with people and making sure everyone's you know voices are heard and and we're telling a collaborative story, not just for you know myself and the people around the table, but for anybody watching it, whether it's one person, whether it's a thousand people, sure. you know it's a show for for others as well. And it's a great experience, a great learning opportunity, and super freaking fun. Do you feel like like frequently you do find yourself uh, DMing with like a time constraint? Like you mentioned, you know, running games for like companies and whatnot, and I assume they're not, you know, ordering a bunch of pizza and saying, we'll play for four or six hours. Like, <laughs> like w- what is it like as a DM planning for and then running a game knowing that you have like a hard finish that you have to hit? It's tough. And frankly, in my, you know, 20 plus years in this hobby, I think the most difficult thing I have to do as a dungeon, as a professional dungeon master, because yeah, um, my biggest client is uh, with Xerox. Actually, I run a lot of sessions for their sales teams and, and the like. And the main one I have with them, their team is actually in California. So there's, you know, there's a time zone change, but they're like, you know, hey, we need to be out of this session at this time because we have a meeting or this person is actually at a trade show. So they're going to be like just on the phone instead of like video. So operating in that time constraint is difficult, but it as long as I can hit like one major point, whether it be a plot point or a character point or a fun encounter or just some memorable moment within mm-hmm. the session that they can either like walk away from and be excited about it or, you know, forget about the world and the stresses of life and everything. If I can just hit that moment for them, I feel accomplished in that session. Yeah. Cause I, I imagine like, people when it's like public speaking or, or any sort of like, yeah. um, you know, active engaged thing, like in our heads, an hour, two hours seems 
like like a really long time and then you start doing the game or you start like as a dm you start telling the story and you look down and it's like oh my gosh 30 minutes has gone by i only have yeah. an hour left like the time crunch seems so real so i think it's definitely a very um acquired and obviously practiced skill to be able to run within those those time limits so uh, i Absolutely. always you know selfishly appreciate it like within our game because i've got a kid and i want to go to bed and so like i'm like but i know jo- i know joe's got a handle on the time and so <laughs> I, I always appreciate that uh, but it's definitely a skill yeah i think it really comes down to you know in game deciding okay like this is the situation that's happening do i need to push the group through this because it's not important or do I need to give them the reins and let them do what they want to do because it is important, you know, especially with second star and something I think the whole group has kind of come together recently um, because we've been having discussions about it, which is communication with your players is so important to healthy, productive, fun gameplay. 100%. But yeah, like understanding that they want a lot of character time and maybe less intricate, you know, travel mechanics or, you know, lesser story plot moments um, and understanding what's important to the players um, allows you to make that decision easier of, okay, what do we need to like focus on right now? Have you had a moment beyond maybe those first couple of weeks, like in the industry where you, where you've just been uh, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I just got to do blank that you're allowed to talk about. Oh, absolutely. And I think the the biggest part of that is when so my job in a nutshell basically is I manage the licenses for you know a couple different RPG focused companies. Primarily, I work with Wizards of the Coast. Um, they're who I get to spend most of my time with. Um, they'll be like, "Hey, this is the campaign setting, like the big tentpole module that's coming out next year. Read the material." Come back next week with a set list of monsters, NPCs that you want to make into miniatures. And that's just like, holy cow, like this is the new thing that's happening next year that is like so cool. And I get to read it and I get to decide what to make from it, you know? Uh, And then, you know, it's great. I get to have a discussion with them about it, you know, like who's important, what's important, what like moments are important, what we want to capture in the product. And then I take that, I I put a reference pack together based on the art they provide. I get to choose the poses, the equipment, you know, colors, um, you know, what kind of like, if a character has like tattoos, like how in depth we go into that, eye colors, like all that kind of stuff. Work with the sculpting team, make that happen. Once I feel like the, the figure's at a good place, I bring it back to the licensor. I say, what do you think? They say yes, they say no. If edits need to happen, we do them. And then once all that's like, ready and good. I give it to one of our project managers. They take it to the factory. But then during that process, you know, I'm approving, you know, graphics on packaging, the size of boxes, if it has a window or no window, what day it's going to be released on, like all this kind of stuff. Right, right. So like just that, that whole process is awesome. But like getting to read the new stuff that's coming out in like 2024, like that's how far ahead I am right now. We're planning for 2024 right now. And it's just like, holy cow. As a DM, it's like the ultimate peek inside a treasure chest, right? It's like, oh, oh yeah. like what sort of goodies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, if anything, has surprised you about working working in the industry with kids or just kind of the space in general? Has anything like been like, oh, I wasn't expecting that or, you know, something people outside the industry wouldn't know? Absolutely. And this might be like WizKids specific. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're, we're a toy company. Mm-hmm. Um, we make 
RPG miniatures, we make board games, we make, you know, like lifestyle pieces, um, all that kind of stuff. And the culture behind that is, hey, it's okay if something's late because it's a toy. You know, we're, we're making toys for a game. And in my, you know, previous jobs, there's always been so much pressure on like deadlines and not, you know, running behind and, you know, making people angry because you're doing so. And not that like I am behind on every single thing I do, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes like, like in any job, a fire happens and you got to put it out or, sure. you know, you're missing something or something's wrong or something gets switched and it just, you know, pushes something back a day. But, you know, even the people who I work with, you know, at Wizards of the Coast, they're like, hey, it's it's fine. You know, like if something is, is late a day or, or, or doesn't happen as soon as we want it to, it's okay because it's a piece of plastic. Uh, and that's been a, a super refreshing thing in the yeah. industry to like be like, okay, this is good. You know, it's almost like, you know, meeting your hero and then the hero like lets you down. But in this case, the hero has not let me down. <laughs> I also came from a you know very corporate world coming yeah. into the to the gaming space and it, it really is a it, it's a breath of fresh air because I think inherently if you are working at a gaming or a toy you know company like in this specific industry you're almost certainly doing it because you love that industry you have some yeah. sort of passion about the thing you're making you are a a you know consumer of the product and not just a creator of it and so you have a shared common purpose that you don't always have working a corporate job that you got because you got the interview off indeed or whatever, right? Like, like you, you want to be there and you want yeah. to be making the stuff and the people around you also want to be there and they also want to be making the stuff. And that, I don't know, that just, that changes the dynamic, I think for a, a lot of, uh, a lot of people coming from places where that wasn't necessarily the case. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that. You know, I'll I'll roll up to one of my licensure meetings with a deck of new miniatures coming out. And like the first words out of the reviewers are like, holy cow, you know, that beholder is so awesome. Okay, wait, we're supposed to critique this thing. So let's talk about that, you know. <laughs> let's do the work part. Do the work part. Yeah, 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 yeah. What what are you uh what are you looking forward to, man? Like like where are you hoping uh where are you hoping this this thing goes? You know, what what's the what's the five or ten year plan for Joe Nuzo and, and tabletop gaming? It's so funny because I actually just had that that conversation like internally with my boss because you know, he asked me, he says, Hey, like what what do you want from this? What's your next step? Where are you going? And I like stopped and I thought to myself, I'm like, I have no idea. Like I am yeah, already yeah. ahead of my like, you know inner five-year plan of, you know, right. getting a job, but like I expedited that somehow. And I'm like, yeah, this is a new industry. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, at least at WizKids, like titles aren't like a defining thing, you know, it's not like um, a promotion means you like go to like this next thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's, a, it's a little more fluid than that. But there's, there's definitely, and I'm sure you know it at, you know, at Dwarvenforge too, there's a lot of demand right now for RPG yeah. products and content. And the licensors I work with are always looking for more stuff, more variety, more, you know, reach, um, whether it's, you know, age or, or backgrounds or, you know, new players versus veteran players or, you know, a, a way to connect with everybody. And I see that I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. I think that's going to be growing. Um, 
so I, I would love to to grow with that, you know, whether it's, um, you know, managing a, a team of people, you know, that, that work on this stuff or, or even jumping around to a new company. Like that's not like unheard of, um, you know, everyone I work with at WizKids has worked at Wizards of the Coast at some point or like oh, yeah. vice versa um, is a super common thing for people to kind of like jump around a little bit. But yeah, I'm grabbing onto the reins and I'm holding on as tight as I can. And I'm going to try to grow with the community and the industry and the demand as, as much as possible because there's really no end to miniature making. <laughs> yeah, people, people are always going to win. You are always going to win miniatures. So you alone are guaranteeing the market uh, continues. That's absolutely right. It's, I, I kind of like what you said about um, titles not being like like the biggest thing because I do see being in the space as it is growing very quickly. I see people move around a lot. I see people, yeah. you know, going from, uh, you know, whiz kids to idle champions to D and D beyond to wizards of the coast to a private independent thing. Like, but the relationships that are forged by people in this industry are all still very close and everyone's kind of cheering for each other as they move on to the next thing. And it's very, again, indicative, I think of, of the, the core thing that brings us all together as gamers is the like collaborative storytelling. Yeah. And we're all kind of, I think, approaching it more as like we're telling the story of our lives and we're building the things we want to make and we're making cool things with our friends and like the where and the how of that are less important than like that why of like we want to tell cool stories and make cool things. Of course. And so it's a very like generous space to be in, I think. It's it's very generous space to be in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I know COVID has made things weird. You know, you and I have both, we're going to go, we're going to go to a, uh, to game hole con together. That's right. And you know, I am as of the time of this recording, not at PAX unplugged. Um, <laughs> so obviously COVID makes, makes things weird, but is there stuff you're looking forward to in the next year? Um, you know, in the, in the gaming space? Definitely. WizKids does have a, a typically a presence at, at big gaming conventions and we've reeled that in since I've been there at least, but you know, there is talk about getting back into it, and and I'll have an opportunity to jump in as well and represent WizKids at these places. Um, and honestly, the biggest thing I'm sort of realizing is that um, I, you know, I'm actually a contract worker with WizKids, mm -hmm. and there's a, a lot of new freedom involved with that. Um, you know, our office is in New Jersey, the RPG team is in Seattle, I'm in Chicago. And I can like really be anywhere and do my job, you know, if I want to like go somewhere for a week and, you know, get Airbnb, work, you know, my eight hours and then, you know, be in Denver, be in yeah. Maine or something. Um, and honestly, the opportunity of, of getting to work in a more diverse way as well, um, because I'm not, a, you know, super tied down to one place, I can pick up a side gig or, or work with other people, NDAs, you know, approving everything. But sure. yeah, there's sort of a new freedom to being a, a contract remote worker that I'm just starting to like dip my toe in. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that experience. It's fun stuff, you know, and, and it's just a, it's just a fun world. And, and I'm so excited. And I feel like I've been saying this for almost two years now because I've been saying this for almost two years now but I'm so excited to finally get to hang out with like you and I have never met in person. We, nope. I mean, we, we text multiple times during the week. We do calls, nope. we hang out, we play games. We've never met in person. <laughs> I only just recently found out how tall you are. And the answer is very tall. There you go. Um, but there, there's so much, you know, I, I, there, there's so many people to meet and hang out with and like build those relationships, like in person with these people that we've now known and worked with online for 
at this point, almost years. Right. And yeah. so I, I think more than anything, I don't know where, where it's going to happen or when it's going to happen. I don't know if it'll be at a convention or if I'm just going to say, screw it, I'm coming to Chicago, but I'm excited to meet, you know, people and hang out and just, uh, have fun. Right. If frankly, that might be the only downside to how I'm working now, because I, I absolutely love my team at, yeah. at with kids. My, my boss is, is very friendly, very open-minded. My, my coworkers are, you know, they're gamers. Everyone is here where, you know, there's a lot of support. There's a lot of encouragement, um, a lot of teamwork that I, I value greatly. And one of the reasons why I f- see myself working in this role with this company for a long time, but I am the only one not with the group. You know, yeah. my team of 10 people is in Seattle and yeah, I can talk. About, I, this is what I have to do. Like every time I want to talk about something, I have to be like, okay, has this been announced or like talked about yet? Can I talk about it? Yes. And I can. So we are making this life-size Dritz. I don't know if you've seen it. I've not. The, the important question is, can you remove the swords? You can. So it's, it's a like $1,500 foam life-size model of Dritz. And you can play with the swords, the cape, the necklace, the hair, like all this kind of stuff. And it's super freaking cool. And there were like, you know, the first sample from the factory showed up at our office in Seattle and all of my coworkers went to the office and I saw pictures of them like playing with Dritz and taking the kit off and wearing it and playing with the swords and, you know, you know, having fun with it. And then stories of like my boss being like, yeah, Dritz is in the corner. And before I turn the light on the office, I like, I see him and I freak out every time. (laughs) Um, But missing out on stuff like that is is a huge bummer. But, you know. Not, not, not the, not the deal breaker. I wanted to shift like from the industry slightly and, and kind of get some of your thoughts about like D and D in general, because, uh, obviously wizards of the coast announced, um, you know, recently that, that they're working on the next, uh, they call it evo- evolution of five E and, uh, you know, a lot of people have gone, Oh, like 5.5. Yeah. I, I have my own opinions on whether it should be called 5.5. Cause we don't know, but it, it, it's going to be a backwards compatible, you know, more evolved version of 5e. And I'm just kind of curious, what are you hoping for as a dungeon master, as a player, you know, as a fan of the space? Like, what are you hoping for from like the next evolution of D&D? And actually, I realized suddenly you might know more than me about this and can't talk about it. It's difficult because I know exactly what is coming out uh, for that milestone for for Wizards of the Coast for D&D. Yeah. Um, And so I I don't want to like talk too much about it or anything. But, you know, on on a personal level, um, I think what what that what they've done right so far is is being fifth edition so easy to get involved with. Past mm-hmm. editions have been very difficult in terms of their learning curve and mechanics and what you have to like understand and track and keep and, and keep track of um, you know, during gameplay. But fifth edition is is so well streamlined, focus on storytelling, uh, you know, focus on collaborative play, which is why I think the the hobby is, has grown so much. Um, so whether it's a new edition or a variation of the current one or whatever it is, I think they have like that down. I hope they continue with that and then maybe focus on some other areas of, of drive that the, that the community wants, uh, making sure that everything is, is inclusive and, you know, appropriate and, and lends a, a comfortable tone to, you know, everybody that's playing. I think that's the direction they'll focus on as well. 
But past that, I don't want to say too much because I would if you kept talking. <laughs> Blink twice if they're adding more feats. It's a podcast no one can see. That's been uh, my, my good friend Wyatt, who, who's been playing D&D with me in my personal group for so long. He's always like, okay, I'm going to ask you like a question about D&D, and you'll just say, I can't talk about it. But then I'll ask you if the sky's blue, and you can say yes or no. And then that's that. And I'm like, shut up, Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get me with that that little secret code thing. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm, uh, it's been fun for me to kind of see 5e growing. I, I can't, started playing pretty soon after. I think it came out in 2014, 2015, something like that. 2014. 2014, yeah. I started playing in 2015 or 2016. So it was still fairly fresh. Um, and so I'm excited to get to kind of see the the shift into the next uh, iteration of what the game might bring. And can't wait to hear uh, everything that people are not happy about because I'm sure <laughs> there will be a lot. I think most people will be very happy. Well, exciting for them, and the rest of us will just wait until uh, until we can find out everything that you already know. So congratulations to you on all the secrets. <laughs> it's a curse. It's a curse, all right? I believe it. I believe yeah, it. Send me back to the naive years of not knowing. Of not knowing anything. But actually don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> if the universe is listening, don't do that. Well, uh, thanks, dude. Let's, you know, let's make it uh, not two more years. Uh, but also, imagine two years from now. Uh, 2023 is coming to a close. Where in the world will we be then? If we have come so far in just two years, will we even be on this world? You know, who knows the first D D podcast from Mars, you know, sign me up, Elon. Not really. I don't like you, but someone else, uh, <laughs> yeah, a nice else. person, a nice yeah. person, make a spaceship. I'll fly <laughs> on that one. Um, it's been great, dude. It's been, it's been fun. Uh, you know, obviously getting to be friends and, and, you know, kind of grow together and cheer each other on. And I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, you know, continuing to do so. Where can people, if they want to find you and stuff that you're doing, where can they find you online? Uh, probably not in person. Don't give your address out, but like, you know, internet wise, where can people find you? Of course. Yeah. Well, if you're looking to, you know, get more Andrew and me time, second star to the right, um, we do bi-weekly live shows and you're awesome enough to cut it as a podcast as well. Um, so that's at second star show on all social media platforms. Uh, me personally, um, on Instagram is where I'm one of the most active. That's, um, at pull the lever DM. I do a lot of terrain posts and miniature posts and I've got this gargantuan tam ad I need to get on the internet soon. Um, and then on Twitter is just at lever pull for all the D and D goodness. Most excellent. And uh, of course, if you are a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion, hang out for a few minutes after the outro music because Joe and I are going to keep talking uh, for the zone of truth segment, which I don't think was a thing the first time you were on the show. I think that has been an addition. Yeah. Um, So in the zone of truth, we just talk about anything. I tell people, uh, you know, something that isn't the reason you came here. So we probably won't talk about D&D. Uh, but Joe, what's a, what's a hobby or a thing that you are super into that you enjoy that we could, we could talk about for 10 or 15 minutes. Call it, you know, my 30 midlife turning 30 crisis, or maybe it was the pandemic that did it, but I've recently taken up an interest in a sport. Uh, and that sport is formula one racing. I know nothing. So, uh, feel free to educate me. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about formula (laughs) one racing. So if you are curious as I am about what could possibly be intriguing about driving incredibly fast, uh, we're going to find out in just a few minutes. But, uh, again, thank you, Joe, for joining. It was great chatting with you and thank you to everyone for listening. 
And uh, until next time, guys, enjoy your games. Thank you.